Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the startling new prediction from the CDC. America could see 20,000 more deaths in the next three weeks. And Florida, in the middle of a pandemic, now bracing for a hurricane. Florida's governor declaring a state of emergency, shutting down COVID testing sites. The president on the ground there tonight greeting a crowd of supporters without masks. All this as Hurricane Isaias pounds the Caribbean with devastating floods and is now threatening major cities along the East Coast. Deadline looming. More than 25 million Americans will lose critical unemployment aid at midnight as Congress goes home for the weekend without reaching a deal. Is the Ellen show over? After allegations of racism and a toxic work environment on her show, why Ellen is apologizing and reportedly threatening to quit. Unfounded attacks on mail-in voting. The president continues to undermine the long-standing practice of voting by mail. Growing concerns that the U.S. Postal Service, led by one of President Trump's biggest donors, is slowing mail service. Is that mail is backing up, is getting delayed. Democrats tonight accuse President Trump of undermining democracy. Bitcoin bust. Tonight, Florida authorities arrest the mastermind behind that Twitter attack of 130 accounts, including President Obama, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Turns out he's 17 years old. And tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with a local businessman who's helping send 75 kids to college. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We begin this Friday night with what the World Health Organization is calling a once in a century health crisis, the effects of which we will feel for decades to come. The news especially alarming is tonight this devastating prediction from the CDC. The virus will claim 20,000 more lives in the next three weeks. And we want to zero in on Florida, which shattered its single day death toll record for the fourth straight day. And on top of that, the state is now facing a possible hurricane. Hurricane Isaias is now pounding parts of the Caribbean, leading to mudslides in Puerto Rico. Florida's governor is declaring a state of emergency for parts of his state. Officials there are scrambling to shut down beaches and parks, along with most state outdoor COVID testing sites. The president was also in Florida today, holding a mini rally there at the airport, though few were seen to be wearing masks. The president today continued his attack on mail-in voting as questions arise on whether new postal procedures may deliberately be leading to delays in service and the impact that that could have on the election. What's behind it? Well, tonight, Florida is one of at least 16 states where deaths continue to increase and 28 states see cases continue to rise. And in just a few hours, special federal funding will officially run out for American families hit hard by the lockdown economy. It's a remarkable combination of events. And we have a team of correspondents with all the latest details tonight. CBS's David Begno is going to lead off our coverage in Miami Beach. Good evening, David. Good evening, Nora. Two major headlines from here. Number one, there is a hurricane warning in effect for the east coast of Florida. Number two, Florida set a single day record for coronavirus deaths. And that's the fourth day in a row that has happened tonight because of the hurricane. Florida's governor has declared a state of emergency. It is the worst case scenario, a pandemic and a hurricane at the same time. The situation remains fluid and can change quickly. So just keep a lookout uh, for what's going on. Make sure you have your plan in place. That plan is being complicated by the coronavirus. Most state-run COVID testing sites have been shut down, and anyone going to a hurricane shelter will be required to have their temperature taken and wear a mask. If you can stay at home, please do. On Capitol Hill today, Dr. Anthony Fauci gave the country some hope telling lawmakers he is cautiously optimistic that there could be a vaccine by the end of this year. I don't think that they will have everybody getting it immediately in the beginning. It probably will be phased in. Testing czar Admiral Brett Girard admitted that the nation was not meeting the benchmark for testing. And he urged Americans to take responsibility for keeping themselves safe. We cannot test our way out of this or any other pandemic. Testing does not replace personal responsibility. Today, the National Institutes of Health announced they are ramping up, investing nearly $250 million in new technologies, which they say will significantly increase COVID-19 testing by millions per week. It can't come soon enough as coronavirus cases continue to climb around the country. Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Missouri, and Connecticut have all seen their average new cases soar. There are new worries about COVID and kids. A new report released today by the CDC details an outbreak at a Georgia sleepaway camp. It happened last month where 260 children and staff tested positive less than a week after spending time together. This comes as states are grappling with safely reopening schools. In Utah, students will be allowed to go to school even if they've been directly exposed to the virus, as long as they don't show symptoms. But in New York, officials say schools will only reopen if new COVID infections stay below 3%. 
back in hard-hit Florida. I'm hoping that the that the hurricane stays offshore. Uh, right now, we're anticipating some tropical storm conditions. Look, hurricane season is already well ahead of normal in terms of how many storms there have been. Tonight, behind Isais, there are two more storms that are forming. And I have to tell you, with Florida hemorrhaging resources related to the pandemic, nor the last thing people in Florida want to hear about is a hurricane. Yeah, I understand that. David Begno, thank you. Well, tonight, it's not just Florida, but much of the East Coast that is nervously watching the track of this hurricane. Streets and homes and businesses were left flooded in Puerto Rico. In some areas, there were mudslides. And now millions along Florida's Atlantic coast are bracing for its impact. Chief weathercaster Lonnie Quinn has the storm track for us. Good evening, Lonnie. Good evening, Nora. All right. We have the most recent information from the National Hurricane Center, and a lot has changed from what I was talking about earlier this morning uh, on, on CBS this morning. There's good news and there's bad news. OK, the good news is the storm has actually gotten weaker. We had winds blowing earlier at 80 miles per hour. It's down now to about 75, maybe a little bit of interaction with the Bahama Islands has provided some friction. But the track is providing some bad news. It's now closer to the U.S. shoreline. In fact, there's a couple of landfalls possible, maybe one in Florida tomorrow. Another is possible along the Carolina coast. And then it's even possible to have a landfall somewhere around New York City or out on Long Island by the time you get to, say, Tuesday or Wednesday. The wind field has changed as well. Obviously, the hurricane's shifted further to the west. It brings the bigger winds with it as well. But look at this picture, Nora. Notice that red dot. That was where the heaviest winds are. It's much heavier, okay, on the eastern side of this storm, the side that is away from land. But still, you've got tropical storm force winds expected from, like, Vero Beach down to around Boca uh, sometime this weekend. So it's going to get interesting out there. And again, we'll deal with this for a number of days as it travels right up along the eastern seaboard. Nora? Lonnie Quinn with that latest information from the track just reported. Thank you. Tonight, a vital lifeline for more than 25 million Americans is about to go away. Since March, unemployed workers have received an extra $600 a week. Now closed-door talks to extend the benefit appear to be going nowhere. CBS's Nancy Cordes joins us now from Capitol Hill. So where do those negotiations stand? Well, Nora, the House Speaker and the White House Chief of Staff are meeting again tomorrow, but they've both said that they're still very far apart, both on unemployment benefits and on the broader rescue package that will include funding for schools and testing and local governments and so on. So, yes, it does appear that this $600 federal unemployment benefit is going to expire at least for a while. Now, Republicans and the White House have been offering a few short-term extension options, maybe for a week, perhaps a few months at a reduced rate to give the two sides more time to talk. But Democrats are holding out. They say Americans need more money and they need more certainty that these checks will keep coming until January. Uh, Nancy, Congress has known about this deadline for months because they set the deadline themselves, right? Right. And part of the problem is that Republican leaders uh, deliberately waited until we got very close to the deadline because they felt it would give them more leverage in negotiations. But they may have misjudged how much opposition there would be among their own members to extending this unemployment benefit, especially at the current $600 a week level. And so they're now essentially engaged in two negotiations, one with Democrats and one with their own party. And that makes things more complicated. Really complicated. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Tonight, we are learning new details about what could be one of the deadliest marine training accidents in U.S. history. 
One Marine is dead and eight service members are missing after their amphibious assault vehicle sank while on a training mission off the coast near San Diego. Here's CBS's David Martin. The Marine Amphibious Vehicle, AAV for short, which carries Marines from ship to shore, sank about 24 hours ago. And this afternoon, Marine Commandant General David Berger related the grim facts. We still have seven Marines and one sailor who remain missing, and search and rescue efforts are ongoing to find them. Yesterday evening off San Clemente Island, an AAV carrying 15 Marines and one sailor was returning to its mothership when it went dead in the water and began to sink. Inside, they would have been crammed together and probably nauseous from diesel fumes and wave action. It's, it's extremely claustrophobic um, and, and just unpleasant. Former Marine Nate Ekman recalls the AAV all too well. I remember us saying we would have rather hiked uh, the distances we've had to than to be carried by an AAV. A Marine officer said last night's sinking could be the worst AAV training accident ever. All AAV training has now been suspended. David Martin, CBS News, the Pentagon. Tonight, a backlog of undelivered mail is piling up in post offices around the country. Now, with widespread use of mail-in ballots expected in November because of the coronavirus, workers are blaming the new Postmaster General, a top Republican campaign donor who has given more than $1.1 million to the Trump Victory Fund. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy. Okay. Today, President Trump continued his unsubstantiated attacks on voting by mail. This is going to be... The greatest election disaster in history. And now there are concerns that cost-cutting at the Postal Service, overseen by a key Trump ally, could undermine postal workers' ability to deliver ballots in time to be counted, allowing President Trump to question the election. If you do universal mail-ins with millions and millions of ballots, you're never going to know what the real, the real result of an election is. Louis DeJoy is the new Postmaster General and a Trump donor. I am direct and decisive, and I don't mince words. CBS News has learned that after assuming his position last month, DeJoy forced cost-cutting measures leading to undelivered mail piling up at post offices across the country. And CBS News confirmed this internal postal service directive that outlines an operational pivot, saying extra trips to deliver mail are no longer authorized, and that we may see mail left behind or mail on the workroom floor or docks, which is not typical. Mail is backing up, is getting delayed. Mark Dimenstein is president of the American Postal Workers Union. We're being demanded in one way or another with these new policies to delay mail. That's against everything we stand for. The Postal Service has struggled financially for years and lost $9 billion last year alone. The Postal Service is a joke. Postmaster General DeJoy declined our request for an interview, but in a statement, the Postal Service says it is in a financially unsustainable position, and despite any assertions to the contrary, we are not slowing down election mail or any other mail. Today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi accused President Trump of trying to delegitimize the election. He wants to cancel the election or postpone the election. Really? Did he learn that from Putin or something? He wants they want to diminish the capacity of the postal system to work in a timely fashion. 
Today, White House senior advisor Stephen Miller railed against mail-in ballots here at the White House. He said nobody who mails in a ballot has their identity confirmed. That is just not true. States have several safeguards in place to prevent fraud, including signature analysis and barcodes on the ballots. And Nora, overall, mail-in voting fraud is very rare. Some important fact checks. Ben Tracy, thank you. Tonight, there are reports the Ellen DeGeneres show may be coming to an end. There are accusations of racism and sexual misconduct behind the scenes. And tonight, Ellen is responding. Here's CBS's Jamie Ucas. I'm happy. I'm very excited. The latest so accusations excited. from former Ellen show staffers have struck at the heart of the 17-year-old show's happy persona. When I say be kind to one another, I really mean it. Dozens and dozens of former employees shared experiences and stories about what they call a culture of sexual harassment and misconduct. Christy Andoli broke the story on BuzzFeed News, interviewing nearly 50 former employees, some accused executives of sexual harassment. Others described a culture of fear and intimidation, all taking place when DeGeneres was not around. One said, we're young people who were forming our careers and were unfortunately subjected to a toxic work environment. In an email to staff, DeGeneres wrote, I've not been able to stay on top of everything and relied on others to do their jobs as they knew I'd want them done. Clearly, some didn't. But in a tweet, Everybody Loves Raymond actor Brad Garrett said, Sorry, but it comes from the top. She should know what's happening. So for Ellen to not know, they say there's a level of active ignorance. Former co-workers tell us they are encouraging DeGeneres to leave the show. The three accused executives deny the allegations. Warner Media, which distributes the program, is investigating and says they're implementing staff changes. Nora? Jamie Yukis, thank you. Tonight, we learned a 17-year-old is accused of being the mastermind behind the hack of Twitter. Graham Clark is charged with 30 felonies in the massive breach that targeted the accounts of former President Barack Obama, Kim Kardashian, and other Twitter users. Twitter says that Clark used a tactic known as spear phishing to gain access to its internal systems. A federal appeals court today tossed out the death sentence of Boston Marathon buyer, bomber Jokar Sarnayev. The judges ruled that jurors were not adequately screened for bias and ordered a new penalty phase trial. He and his brother took the lives of three people and injured hundreds more in that terror attack. It's Friday, so tonight CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with an incredible act of generosity that is already changing lives. Who would have thought Chris Rowland packing for college? Certainly not Chris Rowland. It just happened so quick and turned everything around. On a dime. Exactly. This past year, my life has changed like so quickly. It all started at a school assembly in Toledo, Ohio. Does anybody know what this is about? As we first reported in January, the kids had no idea why they'd been called here. Nobody knows. When up walked a wealthy businessman named Pete Cadence. Right now, this next minute, is the most important moment of my life. Pete had been thinking a lot about social injustice and how to fix it. If you want to make a big difference, you go to the epicenter of inequity. And to me, Scott High School was the epicenter of inequity in this community. Scott High School has some of the most disadvantaged students in the state. But the school is still rich with dreams. Kids like Chris Rowland, who always wanted to go to college, but couldn't afford it, especially after what happened last fall. 
That's when Chris's mom, Abina, lost her job mm -hmm. and his dad died in a house fire. My dad was the closest person I had in my life. He was such an awesome father. He's still going to make him proud. I know he is. Just got to figure out a path. Yep. Fortunately, unbeknownst to Chris, that path to a brighter future was about to find him. And if you're sitting here in this room today, as a soon-to-be graduating senior, tuition, room and board, books and fees will be paid for you, and you will go to college for free. After we first told this story, about 75 kids, three-quarters of the graduating class, accepted Pete's generous offer, including Chris, who will be studying criminal justice at Lord's University in Toledo. He wants to be a police officer. Have you been watching the news lately? Oh, yeah. Does that change your mind? No. That's the whole point of me wanting to be a police officer, to make a change. Back in January, before the country tore apart, Pete Cadens had already imagined a fix. And this is how we change the world. And I'm guessing that's why. If you would have looked up through the gym ceiling that day, as Chris did, you would have seen a dad beaming with pride and gratitude. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Toledo, Ohio. And it doesn't end there. Pete is also paying tuition for some parents like Chris's mom. She's going to go back to school to become a social worker. We wish them the very best. Next week, our CBS News investigation, our companies putting profits before workers' safety. And remember, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here Monday. Have a safe weekend. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.